In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wonderful to be in this, not only historic, but also, thanks be to God, vital congregation this day. Father Noah tells me that one of your mottos is to, to know and be known. And I assume you're talking about to know one another, which is a challenge. This church draws from a wide area of Norfolk. Uh, but it also means to know and be known you know, by God. Surveys show that nine out of 10 Americans say they believe in God, they know God. But I think if you check that out, you'll find out that the God that many of them say they are believing in is not the God that is described in this morning's first lesson from the book of Jonah. Jonah, the world's, the history's most reluctant prophet. Uh, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah and says, Jonah, I got a message to be delivered. I want you to go to northern Iraq, to the city of Nineveh, that great city, and I want you to tell them uh, 40 days I'll give you to repent, and if you don't, I'm going to overthrow you. And I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah says, what? I'd rather die than go to Nineveh. Nineveh, that hateful group of people, they don't, the Assyrians have made our lives miserable and destroyed our cities on more than one occasion and laid us waste. I'd rather die than go to Nineveh. I'm not going to. And the Lord says, I can arrange that. And so Jonah gets on a boat and to get as far away from Nineveh as he can. And the boat sails out on the Mediterranean and a great storm comes up and the sailors say, hey, you must have done something really bad to make God want to kill us like this. And so they throw Jonah overboard into the sea and a great fish comes and swallows Jonah. He's in the belly of the fish for three days. The fish then vomits him up on the beach outside of Nineveh. And Jonah says, okay, all right, all right, all right, I'll go to Nineveh. As soon as I get a shower. And it takes him three days. It's such a huge city. There's that many pagan Ninevites there. Three days he walks across the city and he stands up in the middle of Nineveh and with a very bad attitude, he preaches history's shortest, worst sermon. 40 days and the Lord says this city will be destroyed. 40 days. There, I've said it. To hell with all of you, I'm out of here. Well, the Ninevites repent. The king repents. Everybody, the thousands of Ninevites, they all sackcloth ashes, they all repent. The livestock repents. It, ever seen a cow repent? Wow. And, uh, and the response of Jonah to God is, I knew you. This is why I didn't want to go talk to the Ninevites in your behalf. Because I knew you. I knew you were merciful. 
I knew you. That's why I didn't want to go talk to the Ninevites. Jonah. Jonah, among the God's chosen people, get out of bed every morning, pray the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. Oh, but, well, they got their gods, and then we got our God, new. It's just one God, and your God is their God too, even if they don't yet know it. Uh, that's, uh, it's, it's hard. Most of us today, I, I assume you're here, everybody here knows that God loves you. And maybe that's why you're here. You're here to love back the God that loves you. And that's why we're here. Well, the story of Jonah is not about that. It's Jesus. Uh, Jesus, the most persistent criticism against Jesus Christ in the Gospels is, this man welcomes sinners and he eats with them and he can't be the Messiah uh, and you remember Jesus responded to his critics oh, oh I, I have not come for the good righteous synagogue going Torah believing uh, uh, faithful I've come to seek and to save the lost I, I've I've come for sinners, not for you. Have you ever wondered why a nice person like Jesus would be tortured to death by a consortium of religious and government officials? If you've ever wondered why, here's your answer. Jesus was crucified because he saved the wrong people. He saved people that, that nobody thought could be saved. He saved people that nobody wanted saved. It's the story of Jonah all over again. This time in the Son of God. Remember there was that occasion when they criticized Jesus and they said, hey, you don't look like God's son. Uh, give us a sign. Give us proof that you're really God's son. And Jesus responded, there is no sign except the sign of Jonah. Jesus, the one who was not the reluctant prophet. The sign of Jonah. Oh, it's, a, it's the church has to keep relearning that the God that we know is, is often much more of a God than, than we know. First Bible verse I ever learned by heart. Uh, John 3, 16. Uh, For God so loved me and people who look a lot like me and share my values uh, knew. God thinks the whole world is God's. He, 
This God, we rebuild borders and we defend those borders and we build walls. God doesn't do borders. Our country, this country may have enemies and yet God refuses ever to be their enemy. Uh, that's, uh, that's to know that God, it keeps, at the beginning of the present war, the Christianity Today magazine had an editorial and the editorial said, oh, there may be times in history when there's two sides and one side and then the other and you don't know which one, this isn't one of those times. Now there is only one side. There is only one side to be on. You're either on that side or you're wrong. And uh, we'll read the book of Jonah. I, I'm sorry, it, it appears this God doesn't do things that way. Uh, it's a. Uh, I can believe that Jesus Christ died for me, yeah. But this is bigger than that. Uh, well, about this time of year, we're at the third Sunday of Epiphany. About this time of the year, I always think back, I was visiting a church in Atlanta, uh, outside of Atlanta, uh, during Epiphany. And uh, it was, a long time ago, it was, but on that Sunday, uh, we launched the, the first uh, Bush war to end all wars in Iraq. And uh, anyway, we were at church, and the, the, as we went through the service, they indulged in a liturgical practice, not near to my heart, called a children's sermon. And the pastor came down, squatted down front, all the little boys and girls came forward, and the pastor said, boys and girls, what is today? And uh, some kids said, uh, January the 6th. And I said, well, yes, but in church, it's today is Epiphany. Epiphany. Can you say Epiphany? Uh, we Methodists didn't know about it, but the Episcopalians told us about it a few years ago. <laughs> and <clears throat> now, even though you may have never heard of Epiphany, boys and girls, I bet you know a favorite Epiphany story. It's in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew begins the story of Jesus, not with Jesus, but with, with these magi, these, uh, these visitors from the East. You know, the, the wise men, the magi, these magicians from the East, they, they came to Bethlehem to see the baby Jesus. And uh, now, Here's my question for today, boys and girls. They came from the east. What, what is the east of Bethlehem? And he brings out this map. And he said, let's see, where would that be? Oh, it's Iraq. Huh. Matthew says that when the baby Jesus was born, all of us who had the scriptures, all of us, we didn't know. It was Jesus. The only people to know were these magi, these stargazers, these pagans that didn't have the script. They just, they had the star and they followed the star and they came to Bethlehem and they fell down and worshiped the baby Jesus. They were the very first people ever 
to worship Jesus. And they gave him gifts. And uh, we maybe wouldn't have seen Jesus if, if these Iraqis had, had not led us to him. And so today's Epiphany, and uh, so the church gathers and says, thank you, Lord, for, for also working with these Iraqis that we might not have known you if they hadn't first known you. Now let's go back to our seats, boys and girls. When the kids went back to their seats, I think I overheard one of the parents mutter to another, uh, hmm, gosh, I guess I didn't know God as well as I thought I did. <laughs> 